Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Online banks, they're all the rage and for really good reason. But how do you find the right bank for you and is it worth it to even make the switch? Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. 
It will expand your brain. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Shauna here with some really exciting news. You can now listen to our entire back catalog completely ad-free, exclusively on Stitcher Premium. Check out all your favorite episodes of Millennial Money, like how to finally master the art of budgeting. In addition to the Millennial Money archive, you can also listen to every new episode ad-free, as well as tons of other ad-free Wondery shows with hundreds of hours of original content, audio documentaries, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of your favorite podcasts. You can sign up now for a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery and using the promo code Wondery. Then once you're signed up, you just download the Stitcher app for iOS or Android and start listening. That's stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery and promo code Wondery. All right, so friend to friend, I have to admit, I was a bit skeptical about online banks even just a few years ago, but... Since I've been hosting the podcast, I've been exposed to so many different online banks and high-yield savings accounts that I just have a really hard time arguing for you to stick with a traditional bank. I don't know if you've heard of a company called Go Banking Rates, but they're awesome. They put out some of the best of the best lists, and they recently came out with the best online banks list for 2019. The link's in the show notes, by the way, if you're just super curious and want to check it out. So I had a chat with Lara from Go Banking Rates who put together the list to find out really the nitty gritty about why online banks are the next best thing since mac and cheese. And while we're talking about mac and cheese, I'm just going to confess to you, I'm a total mac and cheese junkie, even the so-so kind, you know, the kind you get maybe when you're at a party or an event, you're like, this doesn't even taste good. Why am I eating this? But you're eating it because it's mac and cheese. I'm so right there with you. I'm right in your corner. Okay. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. I'm going to make the case for why an online bank might be a really smart decision for you to think about. So, Lara, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, online banks is something that I am, I guess I should say it's one of my very, very favorite topics. So I'm excited to kind of dig in the weeds a little bit today. Great. We have that in common. I'm an <laughs> online bank user myself. Great. And hopefully, you know, the aim is to is to of course be educational, but you know, make this a little little fun. I think that people are still a little nervous when it comes to online banks. So I wanted to just start out and ask you, why do you think more and more people are moving to online banks over the traditional brick and mortar? Are there something that's kind of happening in the culture that you're seeing or even with certain demographics where they're wanting this change? Yeah, I mean, I think it it mimics any change that we see with technology, right? So for the same reason, I don't have a landline anymore and I have a <laughs> cell phone. That's why I use an online bank. There's just changes in the industry that create conveniences and features and services that people need today that traditional brick and mortar banks are slower to adopt. Um, so primarily when I think of the difference between online banks and brick and mortar banks, besides 
having a physical storefront or not. It's really, um, you see the changes reflected in the fees and the rates. So because online banks don't have to spend millions of dollars on overhead, keeping storefronts open for their customers, they're able to take all that money that they're saving and give it back to the customer. So you're going to get a much higher interest rate on a savings account at an online bank than you would a traditional bank. You're also less likely to get charged lots of fees, so less overdraft fees. Um, Rarely do I ever even see monthly fees for my online banks. So there's all these benefits on top of just the convenience of being able to bank on your phone, right? So banking is something that I do every single day in a bunch of little ways, but it adds up. And so if every time I wanted to transfer money into my savings account or deposit a check or whatever it might be, if I had to go into a bank to do that every single time, I probably wouldn't be saving nearly as much. So the convenience factor is so huge. It makes every little thing that you do that much easier and it makes it more enjoyable really to save and be better at personal finance. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I actually stepped foot into the bank. I was probably, you know, some really weird occurrence. I mean, I do drive up to an ATM, but that's about as close of a contact yeah. point as I actually get to a bank. And, you know, I think I, I love a lot what you what you said, and I think it really lends to the technology landscape we're in too, where you know, it's so easy to do a lot of these transactions on our phone. But, you know, certainly something I'm seeing from a lot of the listeners from feedback from them is that there's still this nervousness around online banks. And you talked about some of the best features were where, you know, there aren't monthly charges or you can save more money or even the convenience factor. But it's weird. It's like psychologically some of us are still stuck a little bit, like there must be a catch or there must be something to this. Like, what would you tell people who are kind of in that middle space and just a little nervous to make the switch? Right. Well, it's it's a total myth that online banks are less safe than brick and mortar banks. So even if you do bank national bank that has um, a storefront on every corner, they're still doing so much of their banking online. And you're probably using an app for that bank anyway. So things are happening online, whether you use an online bank or not. But at online banks specifically, it's it's a very regulated industry, right? So they need to meet certain thresholds and laws and different things that the federal government sets in order for them to be a functioning bank. So these banks wouldn't exist if they hadn't passed all those really complicated, intense uh measures that the federal government gives to them. And so online banks, just like a traditional bank, they're going to have FDIC insurance. So that means your deposits up to $250,000 a year are going to be insured. And so if something were to happen, you have a fail safe there in place. And that's going to be the same whether you're at Wells Fargo or if you're at Ally Bank. Um, If you're at a credit union, you should look for a credit union that has NCUA insurance, which is very similar. Um, So those, those things are already in place to keep you safe as a customer. Granted, at any bank or brokerage, an investment account is going to be different and not have insurance. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and then when it comes to online security, I think, you know, we see headlines about hackers and and different things that can create um, panic in the public. And while some of that may be valid, there are things that banks and individual consumers do that protect themselves and protect their money. So any good bank with an online presence, which is pretty much every single bank these days, is going to have encryption. They're going to have anti-malware software, cookies, just all these different things that are going to 
protect you as an online user. And then there's things that you as an individual can do to better protect yourself. So is your password your dog's name? That's probably (laughs) not a great idea, right? So are you changing your password frequently? There's things that you can do to just add that extra layer of protection if it really does worry you. Um, But like we were talking about earlier, the customer service at these banks is so much better and more accessible because they have the money to spend on it. So if you're ever thinking about transitioning to an online bank and you're just not sure and you need some reassurance from someone from that bank, you can call them up and ask them every single question you have. And I'm sure they're going to give you exactly the answers that you need. I think that's great information, like certainly about the password, (laughs) especially if you're on social media and like every other post is about your dog and you're (laughs) saying your dog's name. Probably not a good idea to have your password be the dog's name. (laughs) Yeah. And that's true of everything, right? Your email, every single account that you have, that's something that you should be doing. Um, And banks are no different in that way. For sure. And we're talking uh, about the study that that you guys did at Go Banking Rates about the best online banks. But before we kind of dive into some of those results, uh, so has personal finance always been a career path for you or something you've been interested in? Or did you just kind of find your way over to Go Banking Rates? You know, I definitely fell into it. I always wanted to work in journalism and content, and that's always been my path. Um, And a few years ago, I got the opportunity to start working at Go Banking Rates. And I had no expectation that this would happen. But from just reading and editing and writing all these articles, I became obsessed with personal (laughs) finance. I really did. Because I realized like it's this game that I'm playing against myself. And all I can do is just get better at it. And it's going to benefit me for the rest of my life. So um, I got really obsessed with paying down my student loans. I'm almost there. My retirement accounts have skyrocketed. And it's all because I've immersed myself in the world of personal finance, listening to podcasts like yours, reading books, and producing content for Go Banking Rates. And so um, it it wasn't something that I could have predicted, but I I really do love it. Um, And that manifests itself mostly through all the different apps that I use and the banks that I use um, that keep my finances afloat and clear to me every single day. I think it's cool when you have a job and the job helps educate you and yeah. helps you get wealthier <laughs> at the same time. So that that's a pretty good uh, outcome, I think. It's pretty cool. And the the company does a lot to reflect that as well. Like they'll help pay money towards our student loans every month and wow. match your 401ks. So they really reflect the values of go banking rates for its employees, which I love. Well, that's awesome to hear. So I'd love to dive in a little bit about the research that you found about the best online banks. You know, how did you go about vetting these banks? Is there like a process that you use to filter out, okay, well, this one's better than this one? And how did did you come up with the list? Yeah, so it's all very methodical. um, And it's all done by our in-house research and editorial team. So I, as the editor, work together with our researchers to come up with our methodology. Um, And because this is a ranking that we put out every single year for several years, uh, it's one that we we have a methodology that exists and we go back and we see, okay, do we need to tweak it? Is it still in good shape? Is it relevant? Has anything changed in the industry that we might want to add? And once we have that methodology set into place, the research team um, pulls together a list of banks. So we rank the online banks, but we also rank national banks, savings accounts, et cetera. And so what we do is we compile information on the top 100 largest banks based by the 
by the FDIC's list, as well as um, all the online-only banks that exist. So in terms of online-only banks exclusively on the internet, there's about 30, just under 30. So once we have that list together and we have our methodology, the research team pulls information for every single one of those banks and they run a fancy Excel spreadsheet that I don't totally understand. Um, and it gives us our results. So for best online banks specifically, we were looking at, okay, what's their checking account fee? What's their savings account APY? So what's the interest rate essentially? What's their 12 month CD APY? And then what's their Bauer financial star rating for overall financial strength? So those are our primary factors and those are more heavily weighted. And then we have some additional factors that we included as well. So we're looking at the things that our readers and the customers of these banks are going to need the most, right? So for online banks specifically, we wanted to see, okay, which of these banks have 24-7 customer service by phone? Because unlike a traditional bank, that's the way that their customers are going to reach them. So that's very important. We also went to see, do they have a live chat service with a real person? Can I log on and talk to someone online that isn't a robot that's going to help me with my problem? Um, And then do they have a mobile app? And then can I uh, deposit a check remotely using my phone. Yes. Which is so important. And so many people don't know that. Yeah, the check is so important because, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a self-employed business owner and uh, I have checks from all over the place every month. And that's always been my hang up with a lot of the online banks is they make the process of actually like, getting money into your account somewhat uh-huh. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like, that's the whole point of having a bank again, right? <laughs> Yeah, my boyfriend, for the longest time, he would still go to the bank to deposit his paychecks just because he really liked the feeling of it, I guess. It was a routine for him that I'm sure that he picked up, you know, in the 90s going with his parents. Um, And I finally said to him, you know, you can do this on your phone. And I showed him and he had that hesitation of that trust of, you know, is this legitimate? Is this safe? And I, I showed him and it worked and he had his money instantly. He didn't have to go find parking at the bank. He didn't have to. spend his time there. And it was just there instantly. And I think I sold him on it finally. That's awesome. Yeah. And I and even to back up that point, what I do when I mobile deposit a check is I hang on to the check for at least mm-hmm. a week or so until I know that check is cleared. Because yeah. in the past, I, I, you know, I tore up a check after I deposited and then on the person who sent it to me on their end, the check actually bounced. Oh, so no. then I had to go through this whole process of them, you know, reissuing a check to me. So I'm like, okay, lesson learned, just hang on to the check. Right. Uh, but once you know the check is in your account and it has uh, been deposited, then you can go ahead and shred it or do whatever, uh, you know, so you don't have a lot of checks just yeah. lying around, you know, asking for trouble uh, in your apartment or your house. See, I've had a totally opposite experience. I've always had a completely fine time depositing checks, but it's traditional banking that has been a problem for me. I once had an ATM eat up a check that I needed to deposit really quickly. It was very important and had to get it reissued. And so, you know, just because something is online or new doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's completely different from traditional banking. You can get, you can have issues anywhere you go. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations 
all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards We'll remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So today's Ask Shauna comes from Jasmine, and Jasmine says, I'm going to be a 2019 grad and luckily have a job offer at a great company after graduation as an engineer. I'm very grateful for my good fortune and want to make the right money choices while my fortune is here. Listening to your podcast has helped me be a lot more intentional with my money, and I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor. However, as tax season comes around, I'm really struggling with how to file taxes. I've previously used online platforms, but I personally feel like they don't dive deep into the possible tax deductions I could get. I'm looking for a tax person, but don't know how to pick the right person. Any advice? Jasmine, again, your question is so super timely. And my friend, that is the million dollar crystal ball question that a lot of people have is how do you find the right person? If you didn't listen to the podcast episode last week with Diane talking about taxes, go and take a listen to that. She's got some great advice. But Deductions is certainly one of the reasons to think about hiring a CPA or an accountant, particularly if you're self-employed, if you're running your own business, if you have a side hustle, finding out what deductions you can qualify for, it's a lot. It's just basically putting money back into your pocket. So that's a really good time. Also, anytime you're going through a big life change, like Jasmine, you're amazing. Like you're graduating and you're already going to a job as an engineer. That's so super amazing. So that's a big life change. And anytime we go through a life change, it's like a great time to just kind of button up on your finances. Maybe talk with a financial planner or a CPA and just figure out like, okay, am I on the right page? Am I doing things correctly? Because sometimes those people can see things that you can't see, which is a really good thing. So while there isn't one great way to find a CPA, here are some ideas. The first thing is just, this is what you should do when you're looking for any type of professional. It's just ask your friends and family, who do they recommend? This I have found to be the best way because if your friend or family member is like, oh, I use this person, then you know somebody who's used them who feels confident in their skills. It's a great way to get a recommendation. You can also post on social media and, you know, ask your friends on Facebook or Instagram if they know of anybody. Maybe there's a relative in their family that's a CPA or an accountant, but that's usually the best way. So if that doesn't work for you, 
And I don't know how much money you make, but there's another great option called VITA. It's the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. So it's V-I-T-A. And they offer free tax help for people who generally make $55,000 or less. I'm going to put the link in your show notes. And they're all over. In every state, there is VITA programs. So if you qualify for that, you can go and get the tax a tax assistance, but not have to pay a big fee. So that's a great find. And there's also a great article I found on NerdWallet about how to find a good CPA that's got a ton of great tips. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that too. So head on over to the show notes for all of these links. They'll all be there. But again, I would say just ask the people in your circle. If your friends are not in the place where they're working with an accountant, as they might not be, seeing as you're a new grad, reach out to your parents and your parents' friends and just pick their brain as well. Because if they've used somebody and they really like them, then that's a really good vote for you versus just kind of trying to look up or Google CPAs in my area. You know, that's that's a little bit more of a lengthy search. You can certainly do that. If you're going to go that route, I would say talk to at least two or three different CPAs to find one that you really jive with and one where you feel super comfortable with. It's it's a job interview, so you're interviewing them for the job because you're going to end up paying them money. So you want to make sure that you feel super comfortable with the person that you get. So hopefully, Jasmine, that's helped you out. Again, super congratulations on landing a job. It sounds like you have incredible future ahead of you and you're already trying to make smart money choices, which is just, I don't know, hats off to you. That's awesome. So let's dive back into the episode with Lara and talk more about how you can pick the best bank for you. Tell me like who is kind of the the creme de la creme online bank that you guys found from from your research? Yeah. So our number one bank, and this has been for several, several years running, um, they are always at the top is Ally Bank. Um, and I, I don't see these rankings until they're complete. And then I produce the articles. So this has nothing to do with it. But I personally am an Ally Bank customer. And I, I very much love using them for my savings accounts. Yeah, they're in every article that I've ever read about, you know, online accounts, certainly one of the innovators when it when it comes to online accounts. What do you what do you love about them and what what did the research find? Yeah. So based on the methodology that we talked about before, they really encompass all the best parts of all of those different factors. So their interest rate is always on the up and up. So right now at the moment it's two point two zero percent APY. Um, but like every other month I get a notification that it's gone up again. So you're always seeing your interest rate improve, which is allowing you to grow your savings at a faster rate. On top of that, there's no fees, which is wonderful. And their customer service has been superb. So I've always had a great time using them. Um, and personally, I love their mobile app and their online experience. It's very well designed. It's a very good user experience. Um, and it's modern looking, which I think is another part of the reason people might be somewhat hesitant to to switch to online banks because it feels different and new. But as a millennial, that's something that entices me, right? Because it's it's easier to use. It's less complicated. Um, 
it's easier for me to, to do what I need to do and then move on with my day. It doesn't have to be, you know, a whole big chunk of my day going to the bank. I, you know, I wake up, it's payday today. And I immediately made a transfer to my bank account and saved money in my emergency fund and moved on. And that was 30 seconds of my whole day, but I accomplished something really, really important. And I think you pointed to something like great about what's happening with the online banks, you know, especially with the economy we're in now and the whole government shutdown that happened. We're just so used to like terrible financial news, like the stock market's <laughs> crashing and people can't, you know, make their paychecks and they're having to decide whether they pay their bills or they go, you know, get a health check. I mean, we're just all we're inundated with is negative news. So I think it's yeah. great, especially with online banks when, like you said, every time you're logging on, there's not every time, but a lot of the time there's a positive message waiting like, oh, you're earning even more interest now in your savings, which is certainly something I've never had happen in my <laughs> traditional bank. I can say that for sure. So yeah. I think that's that's just like such a welcoming surprise. Yeah. And why wouldn't you want to be able to give that to your customers and show it to them every time they log on or send them an email, whatever it might be. That's something to be really proud of. And that's something that online banks are doing that's really unique and wonderful. And traditional banks have a long way to catch up in that regard. Um, so it's important that customers are aware of that. I think that so many people, at least that I know, they just have whatever bank their parents chose for them when they were like 10 years old, right? That's the first bank account <laughs> the mom and dad gave them. And interest didn't matter because they didn't have enough money to really earn anything anyway. But then years go on, you get a job, you make money, and you stick with the same bank you've always had. And it just might not meet your needs at this time in your life like it did when you were a kid. Um, and so I think people get scared to switch banks because it sounds like a lot of work. And I'm not going to lie, it does take some work. But it's something that you do once. It might take 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it, whatever it is. And then you've completely altered your finances for the better. Um, and I just think that that's an investment that people owe to themselves to make in themselves. And what would you say, because you're actually an online bank user, what would you say to somebody whose thought pattern is, well, I don't have that much money in my savings. So like, why does it even matter to me if I'm earning more interest? Well, if you have that attitude, you'll never make more money, right? Like change begins with you. And so if you see that you're putting even a small amount of money in a savings account, but you're getting money back, and then that's helping your savings account grow even more, that's going to be motivating. And that's going to help you move the needle in other ways in your life. So for me, like, as I said earlier, I got really obsessed with personal finance, and it had this compounding effect, right? So I would save more money in my savings account and that would feel really good. And I would see my net worth go up and that would make me want to pay off my student loans. And then that would make my net worth go up. And it, it just, it's something that's, it's a positive thing that you can do for yourself, even if it is on a really small scale, but it's contagious and it's going to spread to your life in other ways that are ultimately going to transform you and take you to where you want to be. So change doesn't happen in a day. It happens over many, many years. And it starts with, you know, these little habits that you build. So even if you only have $100 in your savings account, next month you might have 150 and it's just going to go up from there. But you, you have to start somewhere. And if you're coming in it with an attitude of, you know, I don't have enough money, what's the point? Then you're never going to get where you need to be. 
That is such a good point. We need to just put like an exclamation mark on that for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving you like a virtual high five right now. Um, So how do you go about then or what what would your advice be after surveying all of these different banks? If you wanted to make a switch, like how do you figure out which one is going to be best for you? Yeah. So that's really what the point of our best banks initiative is. Like we set out to do the work for the consumer, for the reader, because we know it's a lot of work. It's something that took us hundreds of hours to do. So I by no means expect any individual to put that same kind of work into it. So I say use the resources that are available to you. Um, If you look at our best online banks ranking, for example, it's completely free. You can find it online. And if you look at the methodology, it's broken out into those things I mentioned earlier, right? So checking account fee, APY, et cetera. Look at that list and figure out which of these things are important to you because you might not care about opening a certificate of deposit, but you really do want a high yield savings account. So narrow it down to the things that matter to you most and then go from there and then see which banks meet that criteria. Because yes, this is a list of the 10 best online banks based on our criteria, but every individual is different. And so you might value something that we didn't include, or you might value something more than something else. And so you really need to take stock into how are you going to be using this bank account? Is this going to be your primary account? Is this going to be, you know, an emergency fund that you don't touch very often? There's different ways to look at it. Um, And I know it can feel daunting, but the internet is such a wonderful place with so much information. And if you're going to go to the internet for your information, why not go there for your bank too? Yeah, that's so, so well put. So I'm just curious because you do all this research about online banks. What do you think the future is for online banks? Are we going to completely move past like brick and mortar or are online banks just able to do more and more interesting things coming up in the future that's just going to entice us even more? Like what what do you think based on all, all this research? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about a world with no actual banks and all <laughs> So it makes me wonder, are we moving towards a world without cash, right? Because the only time I've ever really needed to walk into a bank is when I need to either make a cash deposit or withdrawal uh, that's bigger than an ATM will allow. So I, I don't know. I think of this like futuristic society where banks are primarily online. Almost everything is done online. And then maybe there are, you know, a brick and mortar storefronts, but it, maybe it's not for one single bank. Maybe it's like a shared storefront for all the online banks where you can make, you know, those cash transactions that you Mm. need to make that you couldn't make on the internet, but then everything else is done remotely on your phone, on your laptop, whatever it may. I also think that it's, it's also a generational issue, right? So people who grew up of a different generation, baby boomers, Gen X, whatever it might be, if they're just accustomed to going to the bank, if that's how they learn to do it from their parents, then that's a hard habit to break. And I totally understand that. So as millennials become the biggest generation and the generation that's making the most transactions, that's buying houses, that's paying rent, whatever it might be, as we become the predominant customer base for these banks, they're going to have to shift to accommodate us. And because, you know, we're digital natives, we grew up in a time when, you know, I learned how to type on a computer in like the second grade, it was just part of my education, (laughs) Um, then the banks 
they're going to have to go where the money goes and it's going to be where the millennials are. So it behooves them to adapt and to modernize to the standards that millennials have. Wow. I love that idea of like one storefront for all the online banks. I think that would be that would be super cool. Like I keep having images of like the Jetsons like, you know, <laughs> popping up in my head. But uh, but I think it's definitely going to be like really cool, especially to see what like the next five years is going to be in innovation and to, to look back at this time where uh, we were kind of like teeter tottering between traditional and online and, and sort of see where we went. So um, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've only had to go into a bank maybe twice in the last five years and there probably was a way that I could have avoided it, but for whatever reason I had to go, but that's still so little when you think about how many transactions we make on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, this has been so informative. I've I've loved talking about online banks, like I said, to open this. So I'd love for you to tell listeners, where can they go on Go Banking Rates to find the survey and to find out more information about their personal finances? Yeah. So if you log on to gobankingrates.com slash best banks, you're going to find information not only on the best online banks, but also the best national banks, the best savings accounts, checking accounts, CD accounts. So you're going to find that there's, you know, maybe you want a particular type of account and there's a certain bank that's more suited for that versus a bank that you use for, you know, everything that you do. So there's so much information in there. Um, A lot of really wonderful banks that are really innovating and doing new things to attract new customers. Um, and it's it's a competitive industry, right? There's a lot of major players and there's a lot of banks that have been around for a long time. So they have to adapt and, and do new things. And so we're really seeing that exemplified in the best banks of 2019. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora.